0: All the comebacks, man. Shit, because I'm a comeback at 50 years old. Start jabbing hooking. Doing what I do. Because I'm Mike Tyson. Hey, this is Mike Tyson, right? This is episode 21 of my my man Mark and I think I am Don King. (laughs) Come sit with us, man. Y'all sit with them, right? Because they podcast. You funny, Tyson. Tell tell that to your boy... Yo boy, uh, uh. only in America, <laughs> only in America, only in America, ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another thrill packed episode of come sit with us. It's the much delayed Thanksgiving in December 21st episode spectacular. I am your host CEO of the notorious pin, and that's about it for now, Mark Flores and with me is the man of the hour, the man with the power, Isaiah Martinez.
1: Thank you very much, Mark. Glad to be here.
0: In today's episode, we will recap the long-awaited Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fight, Thanksgiving recap, our Black Friday deals, strange monoliths, and much more. Plus, Isaiah and myself will discuss our favorite YouTube channels, as we promised in the previous, previous episode, but simply, we just didn't have time to get to it. Isaiah, there was some breaking news that I wanted to bring out first and foremost. There's this Israeli diplomat that openly admitted to someone via an interview that aliens exist and that there is this galactic federation that these aliens are on the forefront of. And they are a little timid to admit that well, not to admit, but they're timid to present themselves to, to us human beings. So they're, they're like shy or something or what? I don't think. That, once again, <laughs> I don't think that the the global public is ready for a presentation of the extraterrestrial variety. Yeah. Allow I'm- me to pull up the article. And I will get you all the information you desire, but
1: I was going to say right now we're so, I think, I mean, I'm speaking for myself here, but I feel like everybody would be so numb to this news because of so much, you know, that's happened this year
0: where 2020 would kind of allow this to be okay. It's kind
1: of like an anomaly type of year. So it's like, if anything's going to freaking happen, you know, Why not drop this news? And that's not going to be surprising to everybody. It's going to be like
0: only in 2020. So there's a gentleman by the name of Haim Ished that says he apparently is the former head of Israeli's space security program. So Ished went on to say that there is an agreement between the U.S. government and the aliens. They signed a contract with us to do experiments here. Part of the unsettling pact, he says, includes a secret underground base on Mars. Of course, there's a secret underground base on Mars. Okay, can't, <laughs> which is staffed by a team of ETs and Americans. Remarkably, Remarkably, Ished revealed that President Trump has been poised to reveal this information to the public, but was thwarted when the Galactic Federation, which presumably governs intelligent species in the galaxy, intervened and requested that such a disclosure not occur. Their reasoning, he explained, was that humanity is isn't ready and that mass hysteria they could unfold if the veil <laughs> of secrecy was revealed. They
1: ain't ready. They
0: ain't ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't part of the segments that I present to you, of course, Isaiah, you know this, but I've been saying this for a long time. We we are simply not ready as a populace of of earth. I really don't think so. You you ever present aliens to the red states that simply just don't get it? Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone will lose their mind, especially people that are indigenous to to not. Um, well, I wouldn't say indigenous, but they are they're foreign to our technology. You know, how there's people out there that. Well, if you if you tell this to the Amish. They'll lose their mind. I, if you show them a tablet, they'll they'll blow their lid. If you start presenting them aliens, who knows what's going to happen?
1: You know, it's one of those things that... It's one of those things like, you know, a conspiracy that people have about the government holding back this information from us. Um, and, you know, like we see it in the movie 2001, The Space Odyssey, where they're trying to hold back this information of the monolith that they get, whatever, not to jump ahead of ourselves, but, you know, it's something we see a common trend of. So even now, you know, the fact that we have this knowledge that they're trying to like keep it back from us is like, it just builds even more to this conspiracy going back to Roswell where they, you know, changed the story to it being a weather balloon and whether it was or wasn't, you know, it's it's a common theme that we get, but here in 2020 now, like this is coming out so blatantly, it's almost like.
0: We're immune to this kind of, Yeah. we're immune to this, this kind of punishment we're getting.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. At this point. It's almost like, it's almost like they're laughing. It's almost like, okay, sure. You're going to tell us this in 2020, of course. Cause you know what? I mean, what else do you want to throw in here in 2020? First it was the Hornets. And then it was like all this. <laughs> oh rabbit. yeah. The murder Hornets. Yeah. The murder, the murder Hornets,
0: hornets like, came in for a cup of coffee and then they left. Right. You notice how funny that was. Right. I want aliens to be here and stay. Well, I if they're better if they're better than us at basketball, then I don't want them to stay. Well,
1: that's for sure. They will be better on <laughs> bas- um, basketball. Uh, I just want though. What if they like just had this like special skill in basketball where they were just well, wet from the outside? What if they're better
0: rappers than us? What do I want to see? The sure. the ali- Nap nap
1: nap. nap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to see like the the intergalactic version. I want to see their Eminem.
1: Shoot, I'm sick of
0: the <laughs> Literally, just downloaded every English word in the dictionary. Is like I found the rhyming components of Eminem every would word. would still
1: rap them. That's the funny thing. Eminem would really take up the challenge and like really <laughs> yeah. try to like Eminem would still up.
0: try to beat him in a battle. God, <laughs> this uh, would be all mad. Like to briefly uh, circle back at the topic that we're doing again. I I still think that despite all this information that we're getting, aliens, the term aliens made uh, famous by the uh, ancient aliens uh, guy, well, the main guy from ancient aliens, Giorgio Tsoukalos, the guy who had the crazy hair. He's like, you know, aliens, are they here among us? That
1: guy's the best, dude, because, I mean, his hair being as crazy as it is just makes it even that much more comical, and, like, you just, you know, how can you not, like, just believe this guy I was <laughs> so
0: into ancient aliens I mean, and why is his
1: hair like that like he doesn't have time to do his hair it's just... maybe it's or maybe something it's for the effect or something I don't know it's it's a aliens well. it, no his hair the... I well
0: aliens must, must be behind it
1: well the fact that he, he, he is just nuts enough you know <laughs> it, it just like it goes to that to that aspect of that guy
0: the the other Crazy! If, if you thought aliens in 2020 wasn't believable enough, uh-huh. how about this? How about I present to you this idea that two people from the heavyweight scene of yesteryear were going to come back and fight at 50 years old and actually bring on something entertaining and actually show us something. That we didn't really expect. I wouldn't believe it. But. Believe it. Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. Despite the fact that it was this non. Fight kind of thing. Where it was. You know. There was no judges. There was no official winner. No they TKOs. still put on a contest. Right. I love the fact that Mike Tyson. With the. With physical renaissance that he's having and this mental renaissance that he's having with his, uh, hot boxing with Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. Um, Roy Jones Jr. Isn't really on the, you know, Renaissance phase of his life because he, uh, he is, was still fighting as of a couple of years ago. Uh So I'm more happy. I'm happier that Mike Tyson's actually in the ring again despite it being him at, he's about yeah. 55 years old when right I said now.
1: It, man, it's, it's like the 1988s all over again. You know, man,
0: it's good to see, Mike, it's good to see me back in the ring, right? You, know, I you mean, have do Dodgers the Dodgers
1: with the World Series. You have the Lakers. You know, it's just like 1988. And then you have Tyson. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, taking it back. You
0: know? But unlike Tyson in 88, he didn't finish off Roy Jones Jr. in under, like, two rounds. Uh, if True. he would have went against True. the book and, like, just lopped his head off, I would have been all right with it. You know, he would have started GoFundMe for the, for the, you know, for the fine that he would have paid by the California State Boxing. Well, the California State Athletic Commission, but neither here nor there. Mike moved like Mike moved like he was in the ring for real. It was great to see.
1: Yeah. The muscle memory is definitely still there. Like you could see it like, and that's what, what you appreciate, right? You appreciate the fact that they still got it mentally and physically, you know at their age that they're able to put on this performance, um, that's still entertaining, you know, whether or not it's for, you know, uh, for titles or whatnot, you still appreciate greatness and legends, two legends that are in the ring. And for Mike Tyson, he didn't have to do this. You know, he was already appreciated being a podcaster that he is. Uh, he didn't have to go back in the ring, which is crazy. And the way Mike Tyson is, it's just a, an anomaly in itself because, he was just, you know, effing around. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah,
0: let's fight. Like, let's let's make something happen all of a sudden. You know what, Roy, man, let's put the glove together, right? Um, to, to emphasize Isaiah's point, please, I encourage everyone to listen to Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. It is very heartwarming to see the various stories that Mike shares with people of the likes of Michael Buffer, Jim Gray, Sugar Ray Leonard, walk, sugar Ray a fo- walk, a foc- uh, walk a Flock of Flame.
1: Sugar Ray Leonard's my favorite episode because you get to see Sugar Ray open up big time. And not only that, you see Mike Tyson break down, which is uncharacteristic because you don't typically see that happening. And this was, guy starts saying the N word like crazy because, you, you know, that's like him breaking down. You, know? you were the man. Yo, Sugar, you were the fucking man. You were the sugar man. His, uh, even his like speech started like kind of like, uh, he'll start breaking up a little
0: yeah, bit. Yeah. When he starts, when Mike starts, before he starts crying, he'll let his voice crack yeah. before he lets his emotions out. And that's like, ext-
1: and what that's holding, saying?
0: that's holding back for real. What
1: was the things he was saying? He was saying like, you know, he read the book the art of war and all oh, this Oh, he's stuff. like, I've
0: read the art of war. I know how to do it. I'm a <laughs> warrior. Like, I was just like, damn, Mike, chill. Like. <laughs> We know that you're this dude, man. I know Genghis Khan. I know. All the
1: <laughs> I, mean, I read the
0: book of Troy. I, know I broke bread with Genghis Khan. All like,
1: that just for boxing? Just <laughs> I read this. Thing. I know. The hard <laughs> and then his voice started breaking down. It was just like all soft and like far away. Was like,
0: I was man, eating tacos just, with Judas. He could have just said whatever. Like what was doing <laughs> what was doing? I was beatboxing with Stalin and Hitler in a cipher. Like whatever he would have wanted to say. Um. <laughs>
1: And the, I, the thing about it so crazy is that he was uh, Sugar Ray was so humble about it. You know, he was just like, I just, I give it to God, Tyson. It's all God.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard <laughs> is one of the very few athletes who's actually have direct messaged me. I've had that privilege to where Sugar Ray Leonard's like good stuff, man. Love sugar or that whatever. It's
1: crazy, dude. I would take a snapshot of that and hang it on oh, the wall, man. frame it up. That's what I would do. I got, I still, I think
0: I still have the DMS here. Hold on. That Let's see is... what it says. But no, the thing is too is that because I've been a, a very avid fan of boxing, I will go watch all the matches that I didn't have the privilege of seeing post uh before my before my, my birth. So I went and caught up with all of Sugar Ray's fights, all the important ones, you know, uh Leonard versus Duran, Leonard versus Hackler, Leonard Hearns. And they were talking
1: about his stare down with uh that one fighter, I forget who right now at the moment but he was doing this nasty stare down right before the fight and it was like so iconic and Tyson's talking about that he was just like I was so revved up man I was so revved up I had an erection <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> things that Tyson would say you know the it's i i'm very and Sugar Ray opens up about you know his struggles growing up um even about his is um abuse, you know. Yeah. Um, which is big, like big time alcoholic. Crazy. Yeah.
0: Big time. It's And
1: it's sexual abuse too.
0: Oh, that's right yeah. as well. Yeah. Crazy. I just I and that's a deep podcast. So for, to to circle back yeah. on what we guys want you to do is um like how you guys religiously listen <laughs> to come sit with us, we want you to also make sure to that you guys peep into hot boxing with Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. Mike Tyson has a bunch of guests with these perspectives that they share with Mike Tyson, whether it be knowing him personally in the ring, announcing his fights, interviewing his fights, or just being alongside the, the fame and the fortune along with Mike in terms of, heck, at one point, Sugar Ray Leonard, at one point had to pass the torch to Mike Tyson because... Long story short, Ray couldn't fight for a little bit and Mike took the reins.
1: You know, I'm really glad that people respect Mike Tyson at this point and what he's his career and who he is. People really are showing his, are showing their appreciation for him because, you know, I feel like even though people might have a record of like 50 and 0, like Mayweather, for example, you know, he's not really liked, Mayweather. He's not really liked by a whole lot of people despite his 50 and 0 record. You know, people want to see him get knocked out. Um, for reasons because they feel either he's too prideful or that he pick and chooses his, you know, his fighters or opponents, and you know, people like Tyson even talk about it. You know, they, 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 they just shrug at fifty and no, they they think that's like nothing. You know, compared to what some other fighters have fought, they fought like a hundred plus fights and whatnot, and have like you know just way outdone that. Um, I forget the fighters exactly like Julio. Uh, Chavez
0: was one Julius Caesar Chavez Was about I think he was 80 fights in Before he got his first loss
1: Sugar Ray I think is one No
0: or- So Sugar Ray Was I think in the tw- In the Early 30s Before he lost To Roberto Duran The first time His first loss Um, After that He didn't really lose After that Till he got knocked out By uh, Macho Camacho Yeah and after he got knocked out by Macho Camacho in 96, so that's think, when he called it quits. Do you
1: think it's honorable having a 50-0 and 0 type of record? Do you think that makes you great, having 50-0? and 0? Or is it more of the story like of the fighter himself and his adversities that make him great?
0: So, the most reveled heavyweight of all time is Muhammad Ali. But Muhammad Ali has lost to quite a few people. But still, Still, those blemishes don't really affect the legacy of the man because Muhammad Ali is probably one of the most recognized athletes of all time. In terms of, you look at the opposite end of that spectrum, you look at a gentleman like Floyd Mayweather, who's arguably the best welterweight of all time, arguably the best fighter of all time. The argument goes is that he's fought the who's who of people past the prime, despite the fact that some of them are older. He was older than some of the people that he's fought, et cetera, et cetera. He's
1: picking them at the certain times and whatnot uh, when he fights them. But, I mean, that could be arguable because maybe he's really trying to fight them, but maybe there's just some
0: issues with the, the deal. I want to give a lot of congratulations to Roy Jones and Mike Tyson for the fact of making a profitable event in lieu of this global pandemic, B- big props to them. Yeah, for them being n- not m- not uh, non-marketable athletes, mm-hmm. but these gentlemen have have had their time. But now they're able to <laughs> combine forces, and we're able to get both of their fan bases to actually come together and see this fight happen, which is something I'm equally impressed by because the fact of the matter is is that you see that Mike in, in the highlights that I watched. Cause I personally didn't see the fight. If there was no actual like winner or loser, as soon as I heard that, I was like, well, why am I going to score the fight? Cause I'll hmm. straight up score the fight. Yeah. If I'm not going to do that, then there's, I, I don't want to sound like a, like a, that guy, but I score fights. I love watching boxing that much that I'll do the nine, 10 scores. And if I, there's no reason to do it. It's like, well, what am I here for?
1: Right. So yeah, you did that for the Tyson Fury fight. I remember.
0: Oh yeah. Wilder Fury. Yeah. 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 That was, um, which was a good
1: fight. Cause that one was like kind of back and forth. You weren't really sure if Fury was going to be able to pull that out. In fact, you probably thought that he wasn't because he looked like, you know, he had like a, I like had a Wilder down in the cards. Uh, beer belly.
0: And I still had him down in the cards up to the point where he knocked out Tyson. Fury. Well, he knocks out Tyson Fury in what the the like the twelfth round. Yeah. And t- I thought he, I thought Tyson Fury was dead at that point. Like, I, as soon as he got knocked out, I was just like, "Wow, the Bronze Bomber Deontay Wilder sealed it for America." Let's take this show on the road. Tyson Fury hit his head on the canvas as have a how hard of a knockout this was yet on the count of seven or eight. This guy just rises from the dead and makes it a, a very sustainable round. And I, I, I scored the fight. I still had I still had Deontay down two points and they called it a draw.
1: Right. And I remember that night, too, because it was my brother, you and I, <laughs> you were scoring the fight. And my brother was like, "What you got on the scorecard? What you got on the scorecard?" He didn't like your scorecard. <laughs> and fire. I'm all so like, like uh, "Man, well, get you out of the- man! You don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, bro. I know what I'm seeing." <laughs> no.
0: I, I love you watch two different fights from the crowds, and when you actually put the fight on mute, mm-hmm. that's why I tell people a lot. I I've I I take pride in scoring these fights because it's like I I will watch a fight. And I'll have the score, but then I'll rescore it and then just like do it again and again until like I'm on par with a couple of the judges. And then I'm like, okay, cool. I know kind of sort of what to look for because I'm not a fucking judge. You know, but, You a, know,
1: some people are always going to think it's always going to be rigged, man. No matter how like yeah. how accurate you score, it's I would always going to be rigged for,
0: somehow. <laughs> for people to know how rigged a boxing match is, all you have to do is watch Pacquiao versus Timothy Bradley. Hey,
1: did, you, did you see that fight? you know Dude. Timothy Bradley that face doesn't stick to me so So I don't know. Timothy
0: Bradley and Matt Manny Pacquiao fight
1: did they fight like out of state out of uh,
0: what what's what It country? was in Nevada. It, it was in Nevada. Nevada. Okay. But Timothy Bradley did not win a round. If anything he probably won two rounds. Mm-hmm. And they favored him like seven rounds to to whatever and he won upsetting Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao gets a loss on his record. Not one of his first losses, but he's lost before. And Timothy Bradley like skates away, like to the point where like I was upset at the Nevada State Boxing Commission and I didn't want to see an HBO fight again.
1: Well, that's the whole boxing stick, right? Is like <clears throat> there's a lot, there's a whole audience out there that you know what? They don't really invest too much into boxing because they feel it is in some ways rigged. Um, You know, I think there are those boxing fans who still love it regardless because it's, it's mano a mano. It's one-on-one it's, you know, one guy's inner strength versus another's, you know? So it's almost like this uh, sort of like, you know, uh, uh, just like a, an internal type of, you know, it's, it's only you in that ring. So, um, you kind of want to
0: leave it up to that instead of the judges. Right.
1: And it's also to like whatever you hide in secret, it's going to come to the limelight um, and be exploited. So, so the fact that, and then it's also so vulnerable to be exploited or be cheated because it's that way. Cause it's one-on-one. So I know, like I ask my friend all the time, like, Hey, you know, you care about this match. Uh, like, are you into this match? It's going to happen. You're going to see the fight. No, nah, man, I don't really care about it, man. It's all rigged. You know, and that's the kind of the stick that they've had a bad rap for because, you know, mafia or whatever has been involved
0: in, in rigging these matches. But, you know, uh, luckily we didn't have the issue to worry about that with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Does that still go on
1: today? You think rigging and stuff like that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Right. There's people, there's people that probably have taken a dive.
1: Just money, people with money.
0: Oh yeah. If, if the money is right. And you're a you're an up and coming boxer, and this this other boxer wants you to take a dive. There's there'll be a there'll be an appropriate presentation for you to take a dive. Isn't you have to the, make it presentable? And there's
1: an infamous story about uh Ramado, Ramado? is it Ramado? Uh, the one the Raging Bull was based off of. Uh,
0: talking about uh, not it's not Rocky Marciano because Rocky. No. Well, it wouldn't be him. Oh, yeah. it was um, Jake Lamato.
1: Jake LaMotta, There you go. Jake LaMotta was like the infamous, like kind of like that, that that guy that wouldn't fall. He you could beat him to pieces, beat him up to like he's bloody and everything, but he would not take a knee. Like that's how how determined that fool was. He you could win the fight, but you didn't knock him down. That was the type of fighter that fool was. But there came a point in his career where they were telling him like, hey, you got to take a you got to take a fall on this one. You know if you want to if you even want to access to this fight you got to fall Dang. <laughs> and that's if where he you want was a taste like to this
0: marquee where yeah. it's you versus him.
1: And so that's where he was like, well, what am I going to do then? So what he did was he decided to take that fight and, and lose, but he never fell, you know? And so, you know, that, that just shows you like the determination of these fighters sometimes like, and, and unfortunately that's how it's rigged sometimes too. Yeah. You know? But what are you going to do?
0: Yeah. What are you going to do on that one? So, I'm glad that we saw such a feast of two athletes, giving us uh, a nice, a nice visual meal. But to coincide alongside that with an actual physical meal, that we were thanks that we had so much thing that we were so thankful for mm-hmm. of us being given this meal. Okay, big old play <laughs> on words. You like that? Vice versa. What better presentation than that of Thanksgiving?
1: We were given thanks. But <laughs> we, yeah, were on thanks- Thanksgiving. we were thankful that we were given this meal.
0: <laughs> I my Thanksgiving was amazing. I tell you, Isaiah, I did not have I have not had so much appetizers in my life. Chips and salsa, mm-hmm. even before all the food, like I went nuts on the vegetable tray. Right. I went nuts on the chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. I kind of had to like Chips and salsa for the win, huh? Yeah, the surprisingly, they they went up there with uh, with a couple of the sides. Man, there wasn't a um, there wasn't a lot of variety with sides this year. I think we just had the green bean casserole stuffing, which I I really don't mess with. Yeah, um, and the mashed potatoes, of course. No uh, no mac and cheese, mm-hmm. and with the people that were, you know. Um, the people, you know, I just don't really, I, I want one sort of mac and cheese. And I kind of think, you know, where I'm getting at, where I want that kind of mac and cheese. I want to like a thick layer of dried cheese crust before I get into this, like mm-hmm. this. I'll just make you want to like macaroni in the pot, kind yeah. of macaroni in the pot, kind of like mac and cheese, you know, <laughs> the kind you could get a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think that Definitely. mac and cheese ever gets like, it doesn't ever get, get, it's hard. It stays like all melted. Mm,
1: I don't know. It's pretty good to me.
0: It is. It is good. But uh, yeah,
1: Thanksgiving was awesome, dude. I tried to make a turkey for the first time. So that came out pretty well.
0: Was uh, it successful? Oh, it did. Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, it did. I was kind of like, you know, cause it's, it's, it was eye opening for me because it's been 32 years now. I never knew what it was like cooking a turkey and this is my first year doing it. And I learned very quickly that it's disgusting. Like there's there's a freaking, there's the neck in there that you got to pull out and then you got to cook the neck meat, um, which I never knew that what happened. And so, then there's a heart in there, you know. So I, I quickly was on the edge of turning vegan. Like after I was just thinking about it, I was like, man, like what am I doing here? Like I started questioning my whole life and like started to think about like, Man, all the turkeys, like, you know, the turkey bats, the
0: turkey gets his arm and like bats your hand away before you get inside him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I was buttering this, you know, turkey up and I was like, <laughs> so you know, I so felt you're, so, you're
0: based in this turkey, huh?
1: I felt so guilty. I felt so bad. And I was like on the edge of just saying, you know what? I'm just going to go vegan, be bro. Because, you know,
0: if they didn't consent, who am well, I to know. do
1: this, dude? I, I, I was trying to think myself in the turkey's shoes. Like, what if the turkey was like stuffing us, you know, like just stuffing me with a bunch of stuffing and like, you know, pulling out my neck and heart and like cooking it for. What like, would you do a if fee- a turkey started
0: basting you
1: and buttering me up, you know, like 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 if I was Kramer or something, you know, like no. it was just one of those feelings that I got. Like it almost pushed me to veganism. Mm. And I was really on the edge, like close. And uh, but. Turkey came out good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> one bite of that turkey changed it all up.
1: <laughs> but one bite of that savory, nice tasting <laughs> soft turkey mm. changed my mind. And I went right back to uh, my carnivore self. No, but um, it was a great Thanksgiving. We had a lot uh, to eat. Um, it was different this year, obviously, because usually you get together with a big family or something. Maybe um, I me mean, personally, I do usually at my grandma's house, but this time it was with the immediate family. Um, but it was nice and sweet, you know, um, and it was wholesome and it's it was a good time to to give thanks amongst this 2020 pandemic that we've been having, which has been a downer all year. So um, what did you get to do? It looked like you got to do some fun stuff Like you guys were playing some games, some card games.
0: Oh, yeah, we, we played this. man. so if I'm not play- I, I got to start a rule, I don't care if they hear this or not. If, if we're not playing something against humanity. I don't want to play a freaking card game with family anymore, cause we had this one game that one of our one of my um, my cousins my cousin's wife brought.
1: Wasn't it something about like you're in it's the like, DM? These are responses. So
0: it's like the topic, the dungeon master, as I call the well, the person drawing the card. Yeah. That doesn't get a, a point counted to them right. during the round, dungeon master. So I was just like, okay. So the dungeon master pulls out the the card and says. Uh, a response you'll give to your mom if she reads one of your sexy texts you sent to your you mistakenly send <laughs> to your boyfriend. Type
1: of awkward situation. Yeah,
0: and and so <laughs> so these are text message responses uh-huh. to uh, to these uh, to these uh, questions. Okay, and it wasn't me. Oh, I should have had that one. <laughs> the uh, point point being the the game has a lot of like ones that hit, but. Eighty-five percent of these cards were whack, dude. And I was like, "Hey, no wonder this game this game was on sale. No wonder you got it on sale." She says she got it on sale. I was like, "Yeah, I I know why now." <laughs> the the next time, I'm
1: sure they were funny, man. I'm sure they were funny. No, they, dude, they maybe went over no. your head or something.
0: But. No. trust me. <laughs> I we we got so serious on one on one uh, in one instance uh, uh, with Cards Against Humanity. Christmas 2018, I remember, like, Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Every, every...
1: Somebody in Vietnam, like...
0: Somebody I know, came yeah, out of some Vietnam veterans, like, flight. spitting out his beer. Having <laughs> flashbacks. Oh, I like, Vietnam, routine. damn it. Um, <laughs> so... He's all in you, his bed right now
1: with flashbacks of, like, Vietnam. I just so
0: you, you've played Cards Against Humanity, right?
1: Actually, I haven't played okay. Cards Against Humanity.
0: So Cards Against Humanity is, like, this very crude version of, like, me being the dungeon master and like fill in the blanks. I want a blank with your blank. And then you have to fill in the blanks with whatever cards you got. You can go have like so many different directions. Yeah. You can have like Hillary Clinton's vagina on one card. You yeah. can have like all these like very crude things. Yeah. We had this one rule Christmas 2018 that if your card was not the, if you had the least funniest card, you had to take a shot. Mm. So it goes without saying that you had to play for every round. Otherwise, like whoever, who drew this whack card? Yeah. I oh, oh Mark, Denny, <laughs> Tommy. Like, oh yeah. Shot. Take no, a shot. No. So that's what I'm you know, saying. Dude. One time
1: I got trapped in one of those kind of games. I was at my friend, uh, uh, Jesse's brother's house. Uh,
0: Josh. Josh. I was okay. at his
1: house and they were playing uh King's cup.
0: Oh my goodness! So
1: I was the lucky guy that had to not only tr- drink whatever shots or whatever they had, but I also had to drink the main big gulp thing. And I'm <laughs> like, goblin. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, not trying to do this right now. And yeah. Everybody's like, chug, chug. I'm like, no. I'm <laughs> not yeah. Trying to so, do this. so but you're I chugging it, to. right? Everyone's I was pure like, you're pressured to drink this big old thing. I didn't want to drink, <laughs> so I drank it, right. And I'm trying to play it cool. I'm trying. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to play it cool. And I'm trying to sit down. Like, oh yeah, it was nothing. It was nothing. All of a sudden, you see me kind of like slide to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> not-
0: <laughs> yeah. You're, everyone's like, Chuck, Chuck, <laughs> Chuck. And then all the next thing you remember, Isaiah, Isaiah, <laughs> Isaiah wake up. Isaiah, it's eight o'clock. It's, it's it's eight it. o'clock. It's eight o'clock. <laughs> you have to leave, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. And basically, that is what happened. So I'm I don't like those kind of games.
0: The next time that we need to bring a board game, I have to break open this one uh, sealed game that I have called Simpsons Against Humanity, where mm. it's basically Cards Against Humanity's uh, Cards Against Humanity, but with the with the flair of the Simpsons on it. Hmm. So I can't wait to bust it open and check it out. Well,
1: what can't you slap the Simpsons on that won't be successful, dude?
0: Right, right. What? That's 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 the question we're going to be asking at this point. <laughs> so along with Thanksgiving. Comes along The next day (laughs) Black Friday
1: Right You see everybody Like Thanksgiving is like You know nice And you know You're thankful for life And peace And this and that then comes along the the, the downfall of man. You yeah, know? the opening the, doors
0: of your favorite store yeah. where people are just barging in. Like, our like they've never been in that store before.
1: Out, like, we come out at, at night on Friday night, that night. Like, we, we we lose all sense of humanity and we're right there knocking each other it's over. It's like when Michael Jackson turns his
0: head into the thriller video for the end and then, like, Vincent Price just starts, he just starts laughing right. with
1: the yellow eyes. Like, ah, ha, ha. Yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly how people are. And with me, <laughs>
1: we go back to our homo sapien selves and we're just like, <laughs> you know, trying to go to our natural know, hunter instincts. gatherers, trying to like find the the cheapest deal gift that we can get, you know, all at a price of one ninety nine, ninety <laughs> nine 99 at Walmart.
0: My black Friday deals came with no physical sales. Actually, I went all digital. I went the digital variety with. Voodoo, the uh, on-demand movie company and, like, TV show company. Mm. Well, not TV show company, but they they have shows for sale. They have movies for sale. Right. They usually go crazy for Black Friday. And they went crazy for Black Friday this time because they had series on sale. You're killing me, Larry! They didn't have, like, (laughs) just regular, like, have season one half off. No, Mm. dude, they had the series half off. I bought Cheers for the whole series of Cheers, bought for 20 bucks
1: cheers is underrated i don't know if a lot of people our age has cheers, seen cheers is
0: hilarious
1: this is a perfect time to watch cheers all the way through um i know it helped me out during quarantine um when i discovered this and i think you know you have to be in the age range to really get it because when i watched it before like this thing did not have my attention like it does now when you watch it just because the characters are cool. Malone is cool. He's the, you know, he's the guy that's like, you know, trying to get after every girl that comes in the bill, in the, in the bar. And then you have the waitress. Um, she just don't, she doesn't give a, you know, who you are. She's going to like talk trash to you, you know, a uh, tough girl, but the oh, seems, Diane. Yeah. yeah. Diane is uh, the one that's trying to be super intellectual. Oh to her yeah. Own yeah demise, okay. You know, it's like too much, you know, but you know, they all work well, and Malone tries to like get with her to like, you know, yeah. <laughs> to get his. But you know, he they end up breaking it off. I think you know who,
0: you know who would have been a good coach if they if they wanted to. And rest in peace to the guy, rest in peace to the guy who played coach because he didn't last until like for force, like the fourth season he passed away. Mm. But if they wanted to get a long time version of coach. Imagine Leslie Nielsen from The Naked Gun, Airplane. Imagine because cause, cause Leslie Nielsen always played it serious in all those like movies that you know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, Leslie yeah, yeah. Nielsen, right? Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine him as coach and it would have just been like, Oh yeah, that would've been it. That would've been too much. Yeah, it would because you would have been, would have been like, Oh fits. crap, that's Lizzie Nielsen. It fits Jeez, like Larry's. a glove.
1: Yeah, it would have been like one of those kind of situations. The
0: so I ended up getting Cheers, the complete series. Um, I went really crazy and got the wire. Just in case I really wanna watch the wire and it's not available on like Netflix or whatever, I can watch it whenever. Yeah. The wire personally to me is I personally regard it as one of the best shows of all time. I, yeah. I personally find it better than Breaking Bad. If
1: you get like, if you get the time to really just engage with The Wire, it's so deep because they're not just going after like petty criminals here. They're trying to. They're trying to get the whole enchilada.
0: They're they, going they for the They get main pity criminals Gambino. on the daily. They yeah. don't care about that.
1: Yeah, and the whole thing is they're trying to sneak a wire in the whatever, like... <laughs> wherever. Know, yeah, wherever they can to get this big Gambino who's running, you know, the streets, basically.
0: And I... This one wasn't on sale, but in order for me to get a certain podcast off the ground, I have to buy it in its entirety. So I bought... I bought the Twilight Zone. I bought the complete series. Mm-hmm. Um... And for those that are familiar for what I want to get, what type of podcast I want to get off the ground, it's very important that I got the Twilight Zone, watching the classic season one episodes. So again, just re-watching them, and getting through them. Isaiah, I want to share with you this one series that totally went under the radar. And the reason I think so is because it's a mini-series. It was a mini-series that spanned two seasons It tried to resurrect for a third season, but it didn't have any of the main characters of the first and second season. Mm. So it kind of like fell short. The show's called... The the miniseries is called North and South. North and South was only 10 bucks. And for $10, no exaggeration, it is one of the best war dramas I've ever seen in my life. Like, I've watched The Mm. Pacific. I've watched Band of Brothers. Mm. I've... And I think North and South is one of those, one of those miniseries that just hangs up with those mini series. Now this mini is about this, these two gentlemen that go to the same, um, to the same Academy mm-hmm. to learn how to be, uh, to be soldiers. Now, one of them is from New York and one of them's from uh, North Carolina. Oh no, South Carolina. And, This is during the time of Civil War, hence the name North and South. So you kind of envision as the series goes goes along, this is amongst the the backdrop of uh, the Civil War. Mm -hmm. So So you kind of see what comes into play. Best friends are now sleeping with their lovers, like each other's lovers, basically. So, so that kind of happens in North and South, but not with these two characters. I'm not gonna go, go into mm-hmm. it in the detail, but That's dude, bro. there's some good like <laughs> Mexican Mexican novella formulas mm-hmm. in North and South. To where if they wanted to do a direct like rip off and like Univision takes the rights to North and South and makes it like a a Spanish soap opera, <laughs> for dude, the North. they, they would have liked it. They would have loved it for um, the North. The best part about it, dude, is it's early Patrick Swayze, nineteen mid eighties Patrick Swayze. The ton of good drama again in the backdrop of the Civil War. There was three seasons total, but the first two seasons are just amazing. And guess all right, guess how long these episodes are? Like an hour, an hour and a half each. An hour, so each 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 episode's a movie, bro. How many (laughs) episodes is it? There's like 20 episodes. Damn. Forrest,
1: Whitaker's in, For,
0: yeah. Forrest, Whitaker Forrest Whitaker's in it. Forrest Whitaker has a character in it. Dude. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker's in it. That um, was serious. If, that if you guys it. ever have a chance, there's there's another series called North and South that's actually out now, but I don't know if it's a reboot or if they're, if it's just a different story. Yeah. But the North and South, all you have to do is just North and South Patrick Swayze. Look it up and it is good stuff. It is some good... <laughs> I, I hate to say it but it's like historically accurate with the dates and the battles and everything but with some good like soap opera smut like just like someone's cheating on him or cheating on her it's like some good stuff it's a bad trump of the Civil yeah, that's
1: War that's probably what really caused the Civil War man. oh oh yeah just trust me <laughs> nah,
0: the funny. um, I was all for it dude mm-hmm. I was simply all for it I just can't
1: well, I love anything having to deal with the Civil War because it's a really interesting time. Yeah. Even today, it kind of relates too because you know we're so divided as a country even. You can see easily how there could be a Civil War. You know, So there is something to learn about history like that when we look back at it. Um, but to be in a series, that's pretty incredible because uh, and especially in the 1980s. Once know? I
0: saw that each episode was an hour and a half long, I was like, dang, the first episode? Yeah. Had me wanting to tune into the next episode just because I was just like, no, I I have to figure what's going to go on with what's what we have going on with uh, the two the two the two deferring sides. Just watch Gone with the Wind, bro. Man,
1: (laughs) it's like four hours long. long. I'm so behind. On I could save you Casablanca. Gone with the Wind. I could save you a lot of time, bro, and just tell no, you. No, I, I want to watch it. Okay, it's worth it then. You know what's funny about that movie? I'll just say this. It's a big-ass build-up for one line at the end of the movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> now I know, the, but I know the line, Isaiah. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, my it's gosh. It's worth it,
1: though. I'm sorry. It's still worth it. Even though I told you that, It's still oh here's the Paris kid because you still can't feel that line you can't feel the weight of that line until you watch that movie for four hours
0: you know I'm just gonna
1: (laughs) then you will feel so so now
0: I so so now I just gotta string a girl along and just wear a trench coat and a hat and say here's the Paris kid oh and it's deeper than that it's deeper than that my friend oh Oh, well no that's Casablanca that's not Gone with the Wind
1: and plus you know you I can't say much more without spoiling this movie all I can say is that you got to. Wait this sucker out until the end, and it's worth it. Every ver, every like single word in that sentence that guy says in that line, you feel the weight of it. That's that's because you spent your your time, your four hours. <laughs> I like
0: of it. Time he's pointing at me right now while he's saying this. So <laughs> with scissors, but it's you guys. You
1: wasted, not wasted. But oh you my god! This amount of time you invested, this amount of time for that line to be dropped on you. It, it, it I can't do it justice by just telling And even though you know the line, it still won't do it justice until you sit through four hours of this. Like you won't get the gravity of that
0: line until you sit through that. I'll tell you what, it's an you, experience. You, you've seen the cover of gone with the wind where that dude's like macking on the chick. Yeah. Halfway in, halfway into gone with the wind. I'll probably be doing that with someone just because I'm like, Hey, no, look, can we, can we you take a break? Why?
1: Because right halfway there's an intermission and, you know, in that intermission part, right before it goes into intermission, it's really about kind of like um, women power. Like she's oh, like. I'll she's for like, sure take a break then. She says the line that like, you know, God is my witness. I will this and that. Like I oh, will man. take it back or something. So.
0: That'd be a good time to mute it. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow.
1: So. Um, so for yeah. those. T- t- anyways, anyways, a civil war. I mean, we're talking about that in north and north are all. South.
0: I'm telling you, you yeah. gotta watch North and South. Yeah, I'll uh, check it out. I'll yeah. check
1: it out. It, it's an hour and a half. I know that's longer than Game of Thrones. dude. I you was know, able
0: to knock out each episode because my com- my commute on the way back home is an hour and a half. Yeah, right.
1: You have to have that kind of that time to kind of spend in that. Because when I watched Game of Thrones, I binged it. Right. I missed the first three or four seasons. Wait, started- you binged all of it? B- Game of Thrones. Yeah. I binged no way. It. I binged it a week straight, bro. I called off work. <laughs> Because I was binging Like, you never it.
0: told me that. Dude,
1: I felt so, like, I felt so low. I felt so low in my life. I almost felt like
0: I was just a bum. I got a, a funny story about that. Yeah. So, my, my co-worker at my old job mm-hmm. swore up and down by Game of Thrones. I gave me the that. first season. I can see that. I was down for it because Sean Bean's in it. I was like, okay, Lord of the Rings. He uh-huh. Yeah, he was in it. So, it has some, yeah. I'm it? down. Yeah. And I gave it back to her, and she's like, did you finish it? I was like... I ever about like 3 or 4 episodes in. That's not enough. And she was all like, "Well what why?" I was like, "All they do is all they do is bang in it. What I got to watch like and, and a couple of the guys were like, "What all this all they do is bang chicks get naked. I love that kind of stuff." I was like, "I'm not in it for the smut. Like if mm. I want to watch smut, I will watch smut."
1: No, yeah, there definitely is, you know, smut that in there. Yeah.
0: There's that in there. So one of the episodes, uh, there's like the, the plot point where this kid walks into two people banging. Yeah. And he like that. That's but, one of the, but plot you points. see what's
1: beautiful about that is you see the character arc. Oh, you that's see right. that he starts off as this low life, you know, just, you know, hooking up with hookers or whatever to becoming this noble man at the end that he is. Absolutely. You know, so you do see a sort of, uh, get, uh, uh, Macbeth type of role change in the characters.
0: You know, character yeah, evolutions are pretty good, especially if go. they, especially if that story arc goes long it seasons. It does
1: go long. However, there is great debate about the ending of that story mm. and how fast it was. For uh, me, the ending of Game of Thrones ended on the knights, uh, the Nightwalker dying. That to me was the end. In fact, they should have ended it there, I feel like. You Did just you just spoil
0: something for Game of Thrones?
1: Well, no, because I just said the Nightwalkers come in like the... the, the Well, you
0: said they just straight up died. <laughs> oh, I hope Did that's I not a that, plot point. I
1: don't know. We can't. Anyways, but the fact is that's where it should have ended. Or it could have ended better if they would have tied it together nicely. But instead, what they did is instead of going to where you thought these characters were going to go in their arc, they completely just freaking... Um, what director... Who directed the the Star Wars, um, the recent Star Wars? Like, who Colin Trevorrow, J.J. Abrams. J.J. J. Abrams, I think. They oh, completely... no, no, no. Well,
0: J.J. J. Abrams, he did the first and the third.
1: Okay. No, the second. Who did the second?
0: Oh, the second one? That was... Um... It it'll come it'll come to me okay. because he really screwed up.
1: Whatever that guy's name is, they basically did that guy <laughs> on the end of Game of Thrones is what they did. Oh man, so they they completely oh. just went like
0: Last 180 Jedi on degrees him. on it. Yeah, that was the second one, right? The Last Jedi. I think so. And then it was the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they basically did that. Dang, am I spoiling it for somebody right now? No, well,
0: no. If they if they know that the second Star Wars sucks, they'll 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 yeah. understand.
1: And I guess it's debatable. It depends how you feel about it. That's just the way I feel. Oh, the second I mean, what Star Wars sucked. You
0: know, who am I? Oh. So speaking <laughs> of, speaking of good stories, um, I have a funny Undertaker story that. Oh, that's good. One of my, one of the podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis is called. It's t- he, this gentleman does two of them. Uh, this gentleman's uh, name is Jim Cornette and he does the Jim Cornette's drive through where he does a Q and a uh, about all the various wrestling questions that he gets. And then he'll have this other uh, show called the Jim Cornette experience hmm. where he will take all his segments and m- make his own uh, sh- set of show based on how he feels that week and get experienced Jim Cornette. And for those that are, do not know who Jim Cornette is Jim Cornette was one of the most famous wrestling managers managers of all time Mm -hmm. for those that are familiar with him in WWF he he managed Yokozuna he managed uh, Owen Hart and Yokozuna collectively Uh, he's also managed uh, the Midnight Express and the that's it really I mean the only famous tag teams Uh, he he's a He's managed, and he's also this like creative genius who he actually knows how to book good wrestling matches. Anyway, mm. so he had a funny Undertaker story that he shared on, on the experience, and I'm gonna try to say it with the effectiveness as yeah. as he would have said it. So the Undertaker, this is like the Undertaker in the mid '90s. This is peak Undertaker. This is like right where he's like wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Kane and all that and mankind great times right there. So, Cornette Cornette in 90 in the mid in the mid to late 90s was actually a creative uh, a creative consultant for the WWF. Hmm. Uh, Vince McMahon would go to Jim Cornette and be like, oh, "Corny, we need a we need some good storylines or we need some, you know, like some good booking." And so Jim Cornette would do that. So so Jim is walking the hallway at this one arena, one one of these nights on a Monday Night Raw taping, and uh, a, a publicist comes by him and says, "Jim, um, Jim, there's this uh, there's this terminally ill kid that's waiting outside, and he'd really like it if if there's some way that he'd like to meet uh, he'd like to meet Mark Mark Calloway, being the Undertaker. He's like, if he could really meet Mark, that'd be pretty that'd be amazing. Jim's like, oh, okay, well, I'll I'll see what I can do." Nice. So Jim was able to arrange it not to meet the Undertaker, but he was actually able to get um, the Undertaker to sign it eight by ten for the kid. Nice. nice. So so Jim was able to arrange that. So he right. gets the eight by ten, and he heads over to the uh, the Undertaker's locker room, and he's all, "Hey, Taker, uh, I'm gonna need you to sign this for this kid. Uh, this this kid named uh, Billy. I need you to sign this for Billy." He's a he's a terminally ill kid, and he just really liked to you know have a, have this eight x ten and for you to autograph it. So understanding Undertaker's gimmick, right? He's like, to Billy, and he's all, he's he starts the R out, and he's all like, to Billy, he's all like, so he starts the R out, and you know what the R is gonna be? It's gonna be to Billy, rest in peace. So he was, <laughs> he's he's almost about to put. He's almost, to tell, he's almost wow. about to tell the Terminally Okay to rest in
1: peace. <laughs> wow! <laughs>
0: so luckily, oh, he great. was able—he was able to change the R into a B and to be like, "Hey, to rest Billy, best peace. wishes." I know. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> Imagine really getting bully. that from the Undertaker, like, Billy, rest in peace." For the real, Undertaker, though. for real though. I'll see you there, the Undertaker. <laughs> oh man, we'll meet again. Oh, the best. <laughs>
1: That is funny, dude. Yeah, that's one of those things where you just get caught up in your normal like day to day, and you forget like, oh crap, you know. I used to do this thing where I'd say that's tight all the time. I'd be like, oh, that's tight, that's tight. Well, one time that didn't play out for my favor because somebody was talking about somebody got hit by a car or something, right. Or and like they got in a fatal accident, and then I, not really paying attention to their story, I was like, oh, that's
0: tight, and they were like, what? That's tight. <laughs> fatal accident. That's tight. The gentleman that directed The Last Jedi was uh, Ryan Johnson. So that's who we have Ryan to blame for. Johnson. Yeah, that's who we have to blame for uh, screwing up uh, The Last Jedi. Well, I should have just been JJ the whole time. But that was a funny Undertaker story. And I was just like, man, yeah. that's. So I could just. So when he's just telling the story, I was like, damn, just imagine a terminally ill kid getting rest in peace, the Undertaker. Those were great times in wrestling,
1: man. I remember being captivated by, you know, um, stone cold, Steve Austin, just giving the finger to the man and, and mcmahon and i remember he made know, it cool to stand up to your up. boss
0: yeah like yeah, i like, at that yeah. point i was standing up to teachers i was like i'm not gonna take a crap
1: he had a way of owning the mic owning the stage uh his he, the way he would come out with such ferocity like just the track alone was yeah. just encapsulated who this guy was this a guy broken, would straight shattered up shattered glass this
0: was, dude would straight up attack his boss and at the at his job just chug like eight beers before he left <laughs> the ring
1: <laughs> And then, like, I me and you always laugh about this. Like, we're like, who's the guy in the crowd throwing him, like, a bunch of beers? Just, who's, like, the,
0: who's in charge of these beers? Yeah, like who
1: got the arm that's, like, throwing the beers at your will? Like, whenever you want a beer, just throw them from the I
0: rarely, like, Steve Austin's connect percentage from him, from the guy throwing the beers to the, rec- like. Right. Steve, Stone Cold Steve Austin could have been a football player with those kind of hands. Right. and it was I, a waste He barely of a- dropped, like, one or two of those beers.
1: <laughs> and it was a waste of a beer, because, like, half of the beer would, like, be falling out,
0: like, <laughs> foaming at his mouth. All, <laughs> all you would hear is burn out, burn out, down. It's like on much, nine beers, just yeah, chugging so much them. It's
1: like just raw, raw encapsulates that. And I guess that's why they ended up doing raw, but, uh, and you got great fighters like mankind. You got uh cane, you got, you had um, all
0: these like over,
1: Road dog And you had uh, Rikishi
0: You You even had An over sexualized character Like Val Venus Right Val Venus is like Music video or whatever It's like There's footage of like A chick going down on him There's one of like All you see is like Footage of oil wells Like Nasty trains going into holes hot dogs so much, being into put windows, into buns. so much into windows in that first in
1: his freaking introduction video
0: there's hot dogs going into buns it's yeah. just
1: <laughs> or something like going through a
0: donut or something stupid like oh yeah there, there's it. this one where there's like this screw is just getting screwed in a hole that's it yeah. it's just a screw in a hole and like, it has that like, saxophone okay
1: we get it dude you're it having sex like, track. like it's all nasty uh, and then you have the pimp. There was a pimp member. Oh, the it's godfather. Like, yeah. The godfather
0: going with a bunch of, uh, provocative. Oh, uh, well, scantily clad right. dressed ladies. And
1: how can you forget X-Pac? X-Pac was, you know, big in that day because oh, yeah. of his, uh, his, his, his move. Right. Oh yeah. So, um, but yeah, um, undertaker is a, is a, someone who's been with us for so long and we, it was, cool to, br- it was cool to bring, it was cool
0: to bring up the fact that he was finally, uh, let, uh laying the hat down, right? Like I I thought I recorded the last three of his final matches, I I probably put on my Instagram story. Thank you, Taker, like for the third time, and I was like, okay, this is his final match. This yeah. is his final. Thanks, Taker. Like right. no, now he decides to call it quits without a final match.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's always been uh, a staple, you know, uh, somebody who for sure could do a big match, bring butts in the seats. A showman, uh, a leader in the locker room. Kept
0: his same gimmick with a little bit of variations. I mean, yeah. He went with like the motorcycle for a little bit. But yeah, he
1: went with the motorcycle. He like, came out of the coffin. He did different <laughs> stuff. You know? uh,
0: Casket so, matches, how appropriate.
1: So it's cool to see like a story like this. You know,
0: <laughs> We he... almost told a terminally kid to rest in peace. <laughs> he should have <laughs> just told him rest in peace for real. He should have just went life. with it, right? Yeah, he should oh, just went yeah. all the way in. like Just tombstone the kid? <laughs> tombstone the kid. I want to talk about. I want to talk about these uh, crazy monoliths that have been peering across the uh, continental U.S. Dude,
1: what is this about, dude? What's going on?
0: Those monoliths are so fake. I don't know, bro. Oh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Really, like I'm starting to think about this more. What the meaning of all this is, and you know, I started connecting the dots and putting numbers together.
0: If you only see my eyes rolling back
1: I didn't want I didn't want to I can see my
0: brain how far I'm rolling back my eyes. <laughs> like I didn't
1: want to bring the Mark, but I've been oh, I've been doing the math and it's been approximately thirty years since we've seen the last monolith that did
0: the Okay, California. yeah. The, the so, audience doesn't know what thirty <laughs> years means to them. Only I know this is Isaiah bringing Easter. This is his slick way of trying to bring Easter eggs into a podcast when only the one person in Andre knows what the hell we're talking about. 30 years. Just
1: okay for our audience. Anytime we say 30 years, it's already an inside joke for all of us, including you who's listening because because of this one stupid video we watched, right? Um, which is about the uh, Back to the Future video, Oh, because yeah. they were tying everything to thirty years later when they made Back the to movie the Future connection
0: predicts nine eleven.
1: And there's actually the monolith in this video. At the <laughs> oh end. yeah, that's so. Right. Pay attention to the end of this if you YouTube it. Oh my it's gosh. about like uh, predictions of nine eleven and Back yeah. to the Future. Pay attention at the end because there's a monolith there. So. It's funny because in this video, they talk about 30 years, the 30 year gap, the connection of 30 years. And so, oh, yeah, well, right now, what I did was I was tying that inside joke <laughs> with Mark and telling him that I was really doing the math here in 30 years. Like there was some sort of another connection. But so yeah. anytime you hear us mention 30 years, most likely it's probably. Yeah, good. please. It'd I encourage
0: everyone to, to watch. And it's. <laughs> There's a lot of substance to the video. I'm not saying it's all accurate substance, mm-hmm. but it's good stuff to watch. Yeah. It's 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 like having a nice slice of pizza. You know, you shouldn't have it, but heck, it's, who's watching? You know, it's, it's good, enjoy. It's a weird balance between...
1: This guy really doing his homework and putting some facts together. Some of it
0: makes sense.
1: As well as he is overselling it with his weird, eerie voice. Oh, yeah. The voice does it all, too. Which makes it so comical, too, at the same time. Because, like, this guy He can sell anything. He ain't lying. But he is playing some (laughs) mysterious music behind it that makes it more convincing. And then he's highlighting certain, like, you know, images and then flipping them. His video
0: editing skills combined with his narration really take this over the top
1: over the top. And then the way he echoes certain words or phrases, he goes, what's the meaning of all this in 30 years, 30 oh, yeah. years. He, echoes. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. So it is
1: just hilarious. when you look at it from that aspect, however, what's going on, like all that set aside, Mark seriously, though, I do think there is something up with these monoliths. And I don't, I, think I wish there was, I don't think it's just because it's 2020. I believe that there, we are in the next step of humanity right now and with AI coming out and all this technology, we're not talking about, there is a new, there is something that's trying to be communicated to us. I'm still
0: on the side of the fact that with what we have with this global pandemic combined with the coin shortage I think there's, this is us being conditioned to stay at home, us being conditioned to do online shopping, us being conditioned to do transactions that are of the sanitary variety, which is digital transactions. Like I catch myself using my wallet on my phone all the time just because of how easy it is. But now I see that I'm participating into the eventual full-fledged, hey, look, like, no, dude, not Amazon Prime. I want to Amazon now. Like, as soon as I order it, click. As soon as I click buy, I want a drone dropping it off in 30 minutes. I like, think, that's, this is the advent of this.
1: I think and, this is all a sign. And.
0: Oh, <laughs> I dude, I gave you silence on serious. that one, dude. you were supposed to go with something. And then he breaks character. Because
1: you know I'm looking at, the, okay, for the audience who can't <laughs> see us right now, we will film eventually, but. For the audience against see, I was looking down and I was trying to make this dramatic as hell. And as I'm looking down, I, I said, I think. And then I look up and I said, this is a sign. And I'm looking right at Mark at the dead serious face while he's
0: looking. <laughs> and I'm no selling it too. I'm just like, bro, you better have something.
1: Well, honestly, though, I do think it is a sign. Because right now with the way everything's going with digital currency, with virtuality, with augmented reality, I think this is a next step in humanity. They say that there's always, um, that each generation has, um, what three decades or so before there's like this dramatic change and there's patterns. And if you watch the patterns and you see what's happening throughout history, you see that there's always a point of, uh, of a culture shift that happens And I do think or believe that this is a turning point for mankind. And I think that extraterrestrials are trying to tell us something.
0: Which is, (laughs) oh my gosh, he does it again. We can't build on that. We can't build on that, but this guy totally starts going into like, just starts dying right after he says it.
1: Okay, well, no, because I can't I can't lie to the audience, of
0: course. Yeah, I, of course the monolith's <laughs> a crap.
1: Well, I told Mark before that I saw a post, an Instagram post where a guy goes out, he travels, he finds this monolith in Utah, and he tests it for the Instagram community. And he brings a magnet, and he goes, okay, you guys wanted me to bring a magnet? You want to see if this was magnetized or whatever? And he puts the magnet on there; and it doesn't stick, so it's not—it's not at all magnetic. Then he he goes, okay. Next, you guys want to know if it's solid? Is it solid? You know, aluminum or whatever. He knocks on it; it's hollow. He says it feels like a cardboard. It feels like some sort of like it feels like that kind of like you know, uh, that light or whatever. It feels hollow. Um, then, uh, then he, you know, he's looking at the edges of it. So it definitely looks like something like some sort of gimmick or maybe some sort of (laughs) wave or something somebody's on, or maybe they're just a fan of 2001 um, space. I don't know.
0: Imagine if these monoliths weren't actually complete crap Mm -hmm. and they're actually, I don't know, not energy, not energy, energy producing (laughs) columns. I just want them to be like unexplained.
1: I wanted to have some sort of buzzing noise, like, bzz,
0: bzz, bzz. <laughs> oh my gosh, I want them to hum. <laughs> um, so for a while, so for a while, just to bring just to bring context to the audience, mm-hmm. for a while, crop circles were the real deal in the '80s.
1: Like, yeah, it was a thing.
0: So a lot of people were really all for it until it all got debunked. It was literally like a farmer and his buddies getting a two by four and some string and just like really like going to town on some crops Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, the geometric patterns and stuff. That's, you know, that's, that's all skill right there, but
1: that's some handiwork right there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Even to the point where me being a little late to the game when I was born in 88. So this whole crop circle thing's already done in past. I was looking at, it. I was like, are you guys not looking at this? Like Mm -hmm. these are freaking crop circles. Like, Aliens are doing this. And this is when I was sold on everything. No one really educated me on all this until it all got debunked. And it actually just turned out to be farmhands doing Mm -hmm. it.
1: So uh, monoliths
0: don't have any of that. They don't have like no one marinated in its reality and the believability of it. No one ever did that. Right. I wanted I wanted these monoliths truthfully to have a moment in the sun to where there's something unexplained about him, but Mm -hmm. we didn't even give that them. Like we didn't even give them uh, them that time. Yeah, we didn't.
1: We just saw the headline. We laughed at it. said what the hell? (laughs) Like, and then we just kept moving because you know, that's, that's our 2020 It's like, we, we have these headlines of different like craziness things going on that it's just like, okay, like what else? Like, you know, but I do want to give some context for those viewers or listeners of ours who don't or haven't had the pleasure of watching two thousand one Space Odyssey, or even have any idea of what that means—a monolith. Like what does the hell does a monolith mean? Um, you know, in the Space That's Odyssey, good point. it um, represents it represents um, a, 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 a turning point for mankind. It represents a point where uh, we were once Neanderthals, Homo sapiens, whatever you want to call it, or uh, or even just. Um, um, uh, apes at the time or monkeys or whatever. And there was a monolith in the movie and that signaled or it, it, um, it sparked our, our interest, the, the awesomeness of it. And just that it was just, it just sat there and it pointed to the sun. So it, it just somehow, uh, it sparked or inspired, um, homo sapiens at the time to start picking up a rock and using it as a tool and that was how evolution started. It was a spark. Of so interest. these
0: monoliths are at key points in the evolution of, of civilization.
1: There you go. And so the significance of that, you know, seeing a monolith here in 2020, just, you know, all of a sudden pop up in Utah and in California and where else, you know, where it's illegal to do that. You can't just, you know, put some art, you know, out there on, on, on a hiking like trail. Yeah. So, um, so it, it is in a way kind of kind of like crazy that it's out there right now, and um, I know we just passed fifty years of that movie and the that the making of that movie. Um, so there is some significance as far as its meaning. Um, it's supposed to signal that it's a turn turning point for for us as humans, meaning that it's going to be a next step in evolution somehow. Um, what does that really mean, you know, for us? And what is the next step of evolution for man? Is it AI?
0: Is it TikTok?
1: Is it TikTok, or is it, um, is it virtual reality? Um, you know, I feel like, or is it just digital currency? I feel like it could go in any one of those directions. Um, so who knows if it's a wave or if it's some sort of gimmick or advertising,
0: or maybe it's just a plug for 2001: A Space Odyssey. Or it could just
1: be a plug. And it's which is a great movie, by the
0: way. Yes. And if you
1: haven't seen it, take the time to watch it.
0: As soon as it came out in four K, I bought it and watched it for the first time in its entirety. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. It's like a uh, uh, Blew uh, my mind.
1: It's it's like our like Interstellar would be the modern day two thousand one Space Odyssey. It came out during the time of of us going to the moon, like a little bit after that. So it did have a lot of interest at first, but you know, as time progress and our interests you know wavered from that, you know, it kind of got lost in there. but it's a great movie. and I love how abstract it gets. It's- Stanley
0: Kubrick did such a great job directing scenes that look like they were out in space is that there's this conspiracy theory that Stanley Kubrick actually directed all of the Apollo moon landings. instead of us actually physically going there, there being the moon. Mm-hmm. Stanley Kubrick was that good.
1: Really damn good. For this coming out when it did, you can watch it now and it still it still hits.
0: So speaking of our favorite YouTube channels, that's actually one of the last segments. I know that we mentioned that gentleman, I don't know, his YouTube channel. All you have to do is, all you have to do is to type up, just to get him a get him his props, because that video, I've I've been watching it, for 10 plus years and i still laugh at just, I laugh uh, alongside the company of Andre and Isaiah. And I'm always like at least four beers deep watching that thing. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, this things ridiculous. Uh, just all you have to do is type in back to the future predicts nine 11 and you're in for the, the ride of your life. Yes. Our favorite YouTube channels that we want to actually promote here on come sit with us. And since we actually mentioned the name of the podcast, again, I want to thank you guys for sitting sitting with us on Come Sit With Us. It is really just a privilege. I look up at the analytics and the statistics of what and who listens in. I recently told Isaiah that there was this guy who I I think I forget what the uh, the, the country was. I think it was like Finland. Mm. And I was just like, dude, there's some dude from Finland that listens to come sit with us like why like i (laughs) not as an insult to the guy but it's like wow i'm just like shocked you're shocked shocked that it's
1: even possible that we could have that even kind of reach
0: maybe we're the monoliths the, the podcast, of really? the podcast variety. <laughs> where we're going to get a shift into the visual. You
1: know what's crazy about the monolith thing really quick? Is that in Interstellar, actually, what what's kind of oh, looking is kind of dude. like a monolith. That's like that robot looking That thing. robot was like a monolith. Yeah, that's what's kind of trippy. Yeah. Wow.
0: I never thought about that, but it is. That's a good point to bring up, man. Because yeah. I, I, I really like Interstellar.
1: Yeah, Interstellar's I, great. And maybe it was some sort of nod to 2001, A Space Odyssey. I don't know, but... It does look like a monolith. How would moving. you
0: have liked it if interstellar ended when homeboys just banging on the bookshelf and it just cuts? That would have been nuts.
1: Would have been super nuts, dude.
0: That would have been just it. Like I, that would have I been Love
1: how he went there into that aspect of,
0: oh you know, yeah. We're time and space just right. doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the best. Those are the best because then at that point it's like, well, you are in a dimension where none of this makes sense. Yeah, and so. it takes
1: a special individual to really appreciate that because I know not a lot of people liked the ending, or, or like you know, right? You know, they were kind of left confused a little bit, and I guess it's supposed it, to kind of make you feel I, that way because it is kind of that way. Like we don't know. Yeah, you know,
0: I like I like I, I would have liked that dark kind of ending because that would have just been like, dude, that's that's Christopher Nolan right then and there. The the other ending that I really would have wanted. Speaking of um, uh, Stanley Kubrick AI. So Mm -hmm. Stanley Kubrick was supposed to direct AI, the movie. That would have been crazy. And but Spielberg takes the reins of it, and there was a lot of debate whether, at the end of AI, nearing the end, where uh, the 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 kid ends up seeing the blue fairy, and it looks like they're fading out, where the kid's just going to be well, the robot kid is actually trying to wish for the blue blue fairy to come alive. That would have just ended. I would have been like, "Okay, great. That is mm. the modern-day Pinocchio, where wishes don't happen, and it makes sense." But no, they literally took it to where like there's fourth-dimensional <laughs> biological entities and, that read our minds, and they did. Aliens? They did this really like cute ending, which I liked. I yeah. I, I cried. I liked cool. it. That was a cool ending. And it was out there for sure. A big twist. Dude, yeah. If I only had a day, if I had a day with a, uh, an individual that I loved, I only had a day with them, that would have been it. I would have been all for it. So yeah. I, I really, I really feel, especially now, especially that
1: kid actor too, because that kid actor was in Haley his prime.
0: Joel Osment. That
1: fool was in his prime, right? <laughs> yeah, Joel, like,
0: he's like, the thirteen years yeah, old. Yeah, his prime. prime. I know. It it sucks, his acting like he has, prime. Yeah, but, he but it's true. was though. It's prime. true because now he, he looks like he could do though. the Lord of the Rings reboots. Yeah. Um, let's promote our favorite YouTube channels. I'll start with mine. Okay. Uh, these gentlemen, uh, are a collective group of, um, day game artists. For those people that don't know day game, these guys just literally go out and introduce themselves and, uh, talk to women. Yeah. And I watched the day game footage of that. And I also watched their seminars and how they actually boost self-confidence of men. And, I started watching the natural lifestyles when I myself was just at a low point where I didn't feel like I was sufficient enough. I It's a constant battle that I have to deal with, but um, it's a lot more tame now. I can certainly admit that we're never perfect, but I just always strive to just do and do and do more so they definitely help reignite that fire that i have within and i can say that you know the the main thing that they do aside where it's just like you know uh talking introducing themselves to women uh i've taken a lot of characteristics of that and still was i'm still able to, to just present myself and um has gone me it's gotten me far and i can certainly thank the natural lifestyles for that for those that For those men out there, and I'm now speaking just to the men because, you know, um, for those men that are listening, I strongly encourage you guys to listen and watch the natural lifestyles for those that don't or uh, for those gentlemen out there that simply don't feel that they they are enough or they're not complete because you are enough and you are complete. You just have to reassure yourself that and these guys do they do volumes of that within, within their uh, YouTube series. So please give the natural lifestyles a listen uh, when they do their seminars or just give them a watch. When one of the students, one of the former students, now he's like an actual teacher mm-hmm. actually goes out to a foreign country during COVID and is still able to pull i uh, I wouldn't say pool, but they're still <laughs> well, able, he's he still it. able to <laughs> introduce himself to women. Yes. That's one channel I recommend. Absolutely. It's okay
1: to say pull, right? I mean, I don't think women get offended by that. Do they? And like, you know, pull,
0: pull a, a number. Chunk, pool. You know. I don't know. It's just because just, in a way it's, it's dropping game.
1: All right. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's a, yeah. Anything against women at all, mm-hmm. but yeah,
0: I, it's, it's definitely helping the end goal of getting against a woman
1: maybe i don't know who, I don't oh know um, i, <laughs> well, I <you> know, know. <laughs> <laughs> okay well uh so one of mine is uh uh these guys who um who listen to albums they'll listen through an album and they'll they'll give their like feedback they're, they'll give their reaction of the first time hearing it through and it, they're called vibe villa v-i-b-e villa um two cool dope guys who are just you know they're they're hungry for music they listen to to rap artists um they'll pick up on lines really quick. Um, that rappers will say anything that might typically go over your head. They'll catch it usually first reaction, but I I love, um, I love reaction videos actually. And I, I, started watching reaction videos, I think, um, like mid 2019, um, kind of right around when, uh, when, um, I think Eminem started dropping Kamikaze. I think that was in 2019, early 2019. Um, or at least mid-2019, and when he dropped that, there was a lot of reaction videos, and so I started wanting to see, I wanted to see people's reaction, because I knew I was reacting like, like, I was like, dude, this fool's back, like Slim Shady is back, and Slim Shady is one of those guys who have inspired me from, because I used to rap myself, so, um, you know, uh, I just liked the cadence that he would spit with, you know, kind of like the no-care, like, type of uh, attitude he had, and he knew he was good, and he could spit it like he was good, so... Um, to hear what he dropped in kamikaze it was kind of like a uh reminiscent of that and i wanted to see other people's reactions so that led me to watching these reaction um youtubers who do this all the time and they react to people's albums songs tracks whatever music videos even and um that led me to eventually to these two dudes uh called Vive villa they'll listen to the whole album and they're doing this on a regular basis they're really good at it they'll put together the top tens the reactions why they like this artist you know why they're that good, whatever, and it's put me on game on some um, some artists I've never heard, and um, uh, I like anything that kind of puts me on game to something because sometimes I don't know what I'm looking for or who's who's out, who drops something new, and I kind of rely on these guys to like introduce me to artists that are putting stuff out. So, Vibe Villa, I recommend them for sure. These these guys are really dope. Um, I would I wouldn't steer you wrong, and so check them out if you guys get to or if you're into that
0: you're always learning if you identify yourself as a student 100% of the time You've got to stay hungry like that Yeah. And that's the like best that, part
1: i like the combination of that like you know there's it's good to not, it's good to also be a teacher and the student you know because it's a cool balance you know you never want to stop learning and then you, at the same time you also want to eventually master that to teach somebody else and pass that along so yeah. Yeah, definitely something to that.
0: I agree with that. Completely. Like the last, the last like five or six years of my life have been nothing but me learning something and learning something that like my career for the last like three or four years was given to me off the basis of happenstance Mm. of me. Just, just walking into walking into it mm-hmm. and being able to take the reins and run with it. But I always make sure to like, just I, anyone that's hungry to learn, you l- let them like, do, because you weren't, I look back at it and I'm like, I was in the same position where I didn't know anything. And I feel that I just want people to thrive all around me. If, if I'm able to give that, then that yeah. builds, that builds a lot. So yeah, I, I certainly feel, I certainly feel that idea where you just always want to be on the, on the basis of learning and educating. And it's a, it's a good balance, especially if you know what you know and you want them to know, to, to learn uh, as well. And then you still have this, this, uh, this craving to learn more. And I'm sure Vive Villa does that for, you in the in terms of in terms of music because that just yeah that just takes you into a world of it's like it's like alice going into wonderland yeah yeah you it opens took a whole a, new you world took for me on you a
1: deep thought there man because i was thinking like you know what because even 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 if you're constantly learning like every day it's like you, there's still so much out there it's like what what like what there's just so much out there it's almost like um it's almost like overwhelming because there's just oh. so much knowledge and things out there, and it's almost like you know, it's impossible. You're never so you're never
0: going to learn it all, right? And you have to be you have to be content with understanding that, right? It's, soon it's as soon as you do that, you'll be okay with taking in whatever you get at whatever pace you got. Right. I'm, here. See, I am I'm trying so to like hungry
1: that I want to know more. Dude, in the last
0: three months, I've I've been trying to like listen to. I've been trying to perfect how to do our podcast i've been trying to read the andre the giant biography i'm trying to learn chess i'm trying to you know it's like you just hear me just trying and try with everything it's like i'm trying to maintain a business my full-time job dude it's 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 a it's balance
1: yeah, yeah. in yeah. a short lifespan it's near impossible dude, i blinked
0: i blinked and i'm like okay at 28 just blink now i'm like 30 almost 33 yeah. years old yeah, trying I think to do this I damn think there's, thing.
1: there should be a good balance between you know studying and learning things, but also living life too. Because you know we're never going to learn it all, no matter how much you hit the books. You know you got to experience life, and I think I learned that from Goodwill Hunting. You know, as much as you study up and you think you know war, you think you know love. Hmm. If you haven't experienced it, teach you, you that. don't know
0: nothing. There's this other, um, there's this other YouTube channel that I strongly encourage people to to watch this gentleman this gentleman's uh, YouTube channel is called uh, the nostalgia critic mm. and this gentleman by the name of Doug Walker started in the infancy you know in the infancy of his YouTube channel started with just with just um, critiquing videos with just his it was just him and critiquing these videos mm. but years down the line, he has a production studio. He's actually reaping what he (laughs) sows. He's all thriving now, dude. (laughs) It is so awesome. What he does now, because if there's times where like universal doesn't want him to do a review on Jurassic world, Mm -hmm. he'll literally get like props and like, he'll get people to reenact those scenes in the movie Mm -hmm. just to make fun of them. That's deep. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it's good. So for, for an example of what the Nostalgia Critic does, he basically takes the, the summation of a movie, mm-hmm. but the parts that stick out like plot holes or why would he do something like this if this is available to him or just glaring issues within a film, he'll exploit that with comedic value. Mm-hmm. A good example of this was the time where you and I both, as kids like the movie Hook yeah. with Robin Williams, directed by Steven Spielberg, yeah. Dustin Hoffman's in it. Rufio. Yeah. So I liked it a lot. But then once the nostalgia critic gave me that perspective of like, there's, of of like, noticing these glaring holes within the film. I was just like, man, he's just opening a whole new world with me. To Tell like,
1: me, he talked about Tinkerbell. There's some sort of there's something wrong there, right? I mean, Julie Roberts, I love Julie Roberts, but there's something there's something. That oh yeah, she, wanted to, bang, she wanted to bang.
0: She uh, wanted to bang Peter Pan, but she wasn't able. She wasn't able to. I mean, the obvious, I, <laughs> she
1: wanted to. Be, that's right. She did kind of like like was flirting. she she found
0: she found Peter Pan attractive. She was
1: kind of flirting with Robin Williams, right? But who was that Tinkerbell or was that Julia
0: Roberts? It was Tinkerbell. Well, well, Tinkerbell playing Julia Roberts. I'm, it, What, you thought Julia Roberts like bled through the character and it was actually I, Julia I, Roberts? I,
1: I think so, bro. No. Because she does that in her roles. Like she really has that, you know, her with that smile and that laugh, bro. Like she comes through the actress sometimes. Like she comes through the character sometimes and it's like, you know.
0: Well, one thing we know for sure.
1: Leon uh, Nielsen fell for her. Did you hear that story? He, like, I guess, like, she one time fell, she, like, twisted her ankle at the beach or something and fell in the water. Wait,
0: oh, you're saying Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson,
1: yes. He came. Had the he, hots for Julia he Roberts. He was, like, her boyfriend for a little bit or something like that. They were, like, dating or something. Okay. And so he, like, he wraps her ankle, takes care of her, takes her home. Like, this guy was a gentleman of gentlemen's, right? And you got to know, it's, this it's is early Liam
0: Neeson. Okay, okay. Yeah, this is early
1: Liam Neeson, right? And she like gets bored of him or whatever. And she like, you know, says, Oh, it's, like she breaks it off with him and like goes with some other guy. Oh, left, I, I think that other guy, <laughs>
0: there's this dude that dated Julia Roberts by the name of Lyle Lovett, uh-huh. who is a good country star apparently. Yeah. But this guy had a face for radio. Let's just put it that way. Okay. Yeah. That's messed up. <laughs> well, hey, what do you want me to say? <laughs> hey, what uh, do we do,
1: man?
0: The, um, Oh, that's true. We do have we <laughs> do have faces for podcasting.
1: Well, you've done video before. I have a long time ago, oh,
0: that since. was my that was a, a life I'm not really too proud of. We, oh, yeah, you never, should be. It's, you oh, guys do
1: good. And it's not wait, your fault, guys. Well, you did movie sense too, so
0: oh, I thought, oh, oh, you didn't. Okay, we're, sidebar- we're talking about two different videos. We're
1: sidebaring the sidebar right oh, now. Oh,
0: so. sorry. Well, you know, going back to Julia Roberts as playing Tinkerbell, mm-hmm. Well, we already know that just. Dis- Despite the, well, including the fact that Tinkerbell was so uh, petite in size that there actually would have been a size issue had they ever got together. <laughs> with, with Rob, really? with, with Peter Pan. Really? Well, that would have been it. Anyway. Well, there so, was a couple
1: of things off, like, well, Peter Pan wasn't really... Well, what else did he point out? What else did he so point
0: the the glaring pothole, the potholes, the glaring <laughs> the potholes plot holes in the film. <laughs> Busted a tire. <laughs> <laughs> he notices all the potholes in the film. <laughs> the, the, Gla- like a couple of the glaring <laughs> the potholes, uh, plot holes in the film, is that uh, why didn't Peter ever go back? Like why did he? How was he able to forget Neverland so hard, ho- <laughs> like so much that he was like, no, I don't believe in it anymore. Like no bro Like you don't forget a, a magical place like that
1: Well It's Robin Williams bro Yeah
0: But the fact that He was Peter <laughs> Pan Like he knows The ma- yeah, the majesty but, of Neverland but
1: you can't I mean Okay And yeah, that th- okay.
0: there was A new Peter Pan In okay. Rufio Here's
1: my critique To the nostalgic critique Yeah this is Robin Williams, and he don't look young. He don't look like he's a teenager here. Let's let's not pretend he's a teenager. And I don't know if they had the technology to make him look like a teenager, but he wasn't a teenager. And I don't well, know, that's the beauty of Hook.
0: That. Yeah, that's the beauty of that Hook is that Peter Pan's older, mm-hmm. and he's this like father that's all about business. Yeah, he's so involved in his business that, and which is kind of like the explanation of why he never mm-hmm. went back to Neverland. It's like he's he wants to be so focused in on his job. Right. And if he had that, you would have never had Rufio. Which was the replacement Peter Pan for Neverland? Right,
1: the knockoff yeah. Peter Pan. He basically, hey, but hey, dude, that fool had an intro. He had an introduction. The way yeah, was that's coming, true.
0: That's true. You no. Know? So, so the Nostalgia Critic does that. He's done. He did a great rip on Godzilla, and the best part about what he does is that the movies that you want to see him roast. Oh my gosh, he does a fantastic job, dude. He he rips into freaking Godzilla like crazy. You know the one with Matthew mm-hmm. Broderick. Mm-hmm. I think I've
1: seen it, yeah. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, I saw it too. There's that. And He's also ripped into um, into a few of the um, a few of the Indiana Jones films, mm. like the the uh, just a couple of the plot points of Indiana Jones. So it's, it's it's just good stuff to point out, and that's why I like the nostalgia critic because it's just educating you on things where you're kind of really content on how they look already, mm-hmm. but you're kind of open to the idea of like, okay, yeah, you can rip into my favorite childhood film, whatever. Good. I it want doesn't to see ruin it for you. Well, with hook, with hook, no, it doesn't because it's still, it's like, it's you, you take it for what it is. Like,
1: yeah, you were probably thinking those things anyway, probably. And all he did was just say it
0: brought down it to the open. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, those are the ones I recommend. I wanted to bring it back to you, Isaiah, for the for the one oh, that you yeah. recommended at the I end. I really
1: loved uh, Hot Ones, bro. I, I was onto Hot Ones early when they were just a humble YouTube channel. And they it's a, just a guy who's a great interviewer and you would have never guessed it. Um, he's a no-name, right? And then he brings on these celebrities um, that and, and athletes who come on his show. And it's a simple show. It's just a, a, a simple set. It just has a table it has hot sauces lined up in the middle from, from the um, weakest to the hottest of hots. And, um, while you're tasting these hot sauces, he's asking you these like deep questions, but it starts off very surface level. And maybe cause I'm part of the deep end, there's something to that, that I like where you go deeper into the person's psyche and all that. But anyways, these people open up because their their mouth is burning. And sometimes they got a fireball and they got to, they got to spit something out for the answer. And it's very raw and it's very genuine the way it comes out. Sometimes it breaks um, the person's like, you know, persona that they try to carry as a celebrity. Uh, most famously like Post Malone who came in like all like a G, you know, like, yeah, yeah, do this and that, whatever. But as it got hotter, he's just like, <laughs> the hotter he gets. The dirty, it was like, well, to, to be frank with you, uh... right. You see the real him come out, which is really cool. So I love that show a lot. I got a lot of insight from these, uh, you know, people and how they made it. And he always, the interviewer always knows the interviewer. He always knows like this, this like th- one fact about the celebrity that no one else knew or ever asked them. And they would be like, damn, like no one's ever asked me that. Like, I've, this is a great question. This is a great interview.
0: Um, so, you know, when you get that kind of reaction, this guy's doing his homework. So, I like the fact that you mentioned that because as as, uh, the duo interview people that we are, because we've actually interviewed Emmy Emmy Award-winning hosts, I'm glad that we have that to our our resume here. Mm -hmm. That's very important to do your homework. Very important. And it's harder than it seems, right, doing that. The first question that we asked Phil Moore, for those people that need to go back, Episode 7, our uh, interview with Phil Moore... Uh, Nick Arcade's Fillmore. We brought a question that he was like, oh, first I got to give you guys props. You guys really did your homework there. Shameless promotion there with us, but whatever. But that's important to do because that kind of questions, uh, that kind of question, along with the fact of you are getting the most vulnerable time with this person because he's eating. Some people take eating very seriously. It's like a more intimate kind of thing to do. But not only that, you're getting them in most the most strenuous situation because they're eating a hot ass wing.
1: Yeah, right.
0: And some people's heat tolerance is a little different. So some people are sweating, some
1: people are like getting up out of their seat, walking around. Some people gotta like take a you know,
0: crap. yeah, though the one Coolio instance. Coolio
1: overdid it. Coolio was like on the couch for like the whole day or
0: something like afterwards. He was trying to like dumped like needed a stomach pumped (laughs) the one instance where i saw that it's like i knew that it was all for real is like the guy ends up asking charlie day from it's always sunny in philadelphia he takes so charlie takes uh takes a bite of a wing that like on the scoville scale right that's the scale that they have the Mm -hmm. scoville scale right what determines what's the hottest to like the the hottest like i don't know like tibetan chili or whatever Whatever's the hottest Tibet, freaking chili. Tibet, I with the chili? I don't know. I was just thinking <laughs> like some obscure, yeah, the chili, the, the, like the, the hottest the chili with the spiciness to get your physical enlightenment. <laughs> so Charlie takes a bite into this wing, <laughs> and the guy ends up asking, "He's like, so what do you tell those people that tell you that it's always sending in it's always sending Philadelphia is way better than Seinfeld?" And wow. like, it got to char it got to Charlie Day so much, he's like, "Whoa, wow!" Was like, "Wait!" But he was in shock uh in shock because of the question mm-hmm. but also alongside with the fact that hey there's a fire in my mouth. Right. It's good it's good it's good entertaining YouTube.
1: Super good dude. He knows the right moment in time to like ask you that tough ball question to right when you're at the peak uh of burning in your mouth like you know people are just like and that's when you get the best response. Absolutely. Man. So I love that show, dude. And I'm proud to see that it's now made it to TV. It's now like everywhere. And, you know, celebrities like go on that show on purpose now because they know that guy. So it's uh, one of those people that, um, yeah, you're very proud of to see a channel actually make it. It's
0: good. The last channel that. Isaiah and I collectively want to recommend that you guys listen to is our friend Andre Gaynor has a very successful YouTube channel called Lyricology 101 where he actually gives you tips on how to rap, how to be a better freestyle rapper. He also critiques songs and breaks them down, uh, breaks the rhymes down, breaks the whole song down. And it's just good to uh, shamelessly promote my boy Andre for what he's done with Lyricology 101. He's freaking genius there's just nothing but limitless potential for that man for whatever he does with you 101 so i just want to shamelessly promote him on that end <clears throat> um
1: yeah i mean i can say this that you know andre has done his homework and uh you know it's you know when we when we used to chill back in high school and class and stuff you know andre didn't rap at that time um but i'm not surprised either that he is where he is on And, um, as far as rap goes, like, you know, a lot of people look up to him. A lot of people were inspired by him, uh, just because, and just from his videos in his room, like in doing his thing, you know, uh, we've always seen it in Andre. I know you and myself, we've always seen that special quality, that it factor, whatever it is in Andre, we've always seen it. Um, and Andre has an enormous skill, you know, he's very versatile. He can do a lot of different stuff. He, he, I mean, he was Doing improv, he was doing community He was my wingman
0: for a good five years. Yeah.
1: This will, he can take over a room and not just a room, but now we're seeing it on the internet. So uh, we're very proud of what Andre has been able to accomplish. Not many people can accomplish that or say that they've accomplished that, um, but also he keeps it humble and he's still Andre. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we support our homie, our friend. Uh, who uh, I'm sure we're going to bring on more on the show um, so you guys can get to know him. Um, just a legit all-around dude. So,
0: I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Come Stay With Us. I wanted to share our favorite YouTube channels, what our Thanksgiving was like, what we also... Uh, the Undertaker story. <laughs> the funny Undertaker story. Monoliths, too. M- monoliths. Back to the Future's predicting 9/11 all of a sudden. Yeah, the whole alien thing. And then we actually had, who knew, who knew that in the backdrop of all this, we'd actually have Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fighting. Yeah, exactly. Very good stuff. It's only fitting, right? To have. Yeah, it. this is exactly how 2020. as how I envision envisioned 2020 to uh, to to and well. T- To to come to a close, because now we had this Israeli national saying that, hey, look, there's this galactic federation that President Trump was going to unearth. But they were Mm -hmm. like, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, of course. Of course, there's a galactic federation. (laughs) Might as well be. For those, uh, (laughs) again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in to come sit with us. You really um, keep the fire within me just. You keep the lights roaring hot because the fact is, is that I get to do what I get to do on a daily basis, and that's podcasting. One of my best friends, and make a show for you guys, and hopefully that it's it's as it's as entertaining as it is for me to do it. Mm -hmm. It's for you guys too, sitting (laughs) with us. So, without uh, without anything else to be said, I want to thank you again. But uh, in closing, you guys. Take care of yourselves, but most importantly, be well.